Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Dan Wiederer. You've got a guy with, with credentials. You've got a guy with some qualifications. And now there's just when done at its best provides a level of steadiness and stability that helps create and stimulate success. On-air contributor for 670 The Score. Listen, we're not going to accept the status quo. We are going to push for more. We are going to strive for more. Co-host of the Take the North podcast with our own David Haw. We're going to take the North and never give it back. Dan Wiederer with Mullane Haw on 670 The Score. Bear down. Let's go. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Always fun to talk to Dan Weeder. He joins us now on The Score Hotline, powered by IBEW Local 9, Chicago's original powerhouse since 1892. Dan, good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Good. Well, you know, it's kind of a rough morning, really. Just the idea. It's foggy. No, not that. The idea that, uh, <laughs> you, you must know, be at House Hall. The idea that, yeah, the Hallis Hall doesn't change that much. And now, foggy up there. The guy they wouldn't talk about, they, it, they didn't talk to, it takes a job in, uh, with the Chargers. I don't know. I mean, who'd you rather have as your head coach? Would it be Flusi or, uh, or Jim Harbaugh? I, I think that they're. They're in a weird spot. I like Shane Wood. Uh, I like uh, Waldron, Shane Waldron. Um, I think that's competence there. I think that's going to be good. I don't know what they're going to do in the draft. I think it's exciting. I think we're all wrapped up in the offseason. But when you see coaches move, I, I had vowed I would probably be upset when I saw this happen. <laughs> and, and sure enough, here I am. You would be upset when Harbaugh landed a, a different well, job, you mean? Without them talking to him. How, yeah, well, and, uh, how do you not talk to the guy? I'd be curious to know what kind of hooks were in the water um, in the months leading up to these decisions and, and what they felt 
was the dynamics that would be at play if if they went down that path. Um, certainly, I think you're you're right to have concerns and reservations about staying on the path that they did stay on, particularly during a year where there was going to be some other options there that would be highly appealing. Um, but there was some some Harbaugh to the Chargers buzz really kind of growing in in mid-December. And so I don't know if that was the preferred destination and, and you just kind of felt that um, and pivoted in a different direction or kind of how it went went down the pipe. But obviously, it's, uh, it's going to be a talking point for a while and the results are going to be uh, compared against one another. Do you think the Bears will ever fully address, if they're asked about it, what was it about Jim Harbaugh that they didn't pursue it? I know, I, I, I think I know the answer to that question, but Dan, do you think we'll ever figure out any reporting that, that says or suggests that Kevin Warren discouraged it because of his past with Harbaugh? I just think today we're looked at, boy, the Chargers end up with, Jim Harbaugh and the you know, the Bears are well. They've got a lot to good, feel good about, but Jim Harbaugh was there for the taking, and they passed. If he was right, and then that's the, the the bigger question. And then it's all a matter of what kind of um, control and say that he wanted or wants in things, and how that will go. The Chargers had a general manager opening that they're able to then kind of hand select somebody to go alongside. Jim Harbaugh in a way that will be harmonious, right? And, and they have to make that decision and figure out what it looks like. Um, you don't want to undercut your current general manager if you truly believe he's putting things in position to propel you to the next level by bringing him uh, a new head coach who's going to want authority and everything and creating that combative uh, daily dynamic inside your building and the headache. I, I know there'll be pushback to that, but that is a, a real thing in NFL buildings. And it's uh it's something that, uh, that, that you have to be uh, aware of as a, as a franchise. Yeah. I, I don't know that everybody kind of going the same way is good. I like the idea that you have differing opinions and you're going to argue about it and you're going to make decisions. At, I don't care who's comfortable. I care what the best decisions are. So I, I don't agree with that. I, I think you're right. I think they're probably going to be more comfortable without Harbaugh here, without a doubt, because he has his own ideas and his own uh, his own demands. But yeah. uh, but really, Dan, I mean, do we you know, do we care that everybody's moving in the right direction or do it's, we well, want some to, kind of argument here? To, to me, it's less about it's less about. Uh, comfort and and more so eliminating some of the unnecessary pushback and and you know control issues that that create a lot of tension and dysfunction in a building you know and and the thing you're trying to avoid is the dysfunction obviously where um it's not about everybody pulling in the right direction but it's making sure that you're you're not pulling in two different directions and then fighting about which way you're pulling um so we'll see where it goes there's a lot of results in the years ahead that will help us kind of really understand what some of these decisions were and, and what the end results of them were. And now, obviously, this is Ryan Poles' stage at this point for the next several months to try to put this team uh, in a position to to take a leap. You know, and it's not just a 2024 leap. We've been very consistent when we've talked, guys, about trying to find a model that that creates sustainable success. And that's, that's the goal here. That's what this next offseason has to be about. Uh, they made some decisions earlier that that don't necessarily lead you to believe that it's a a long term view with uh, retaining Matt Eberflus, and now you've got a new offensive coordinator in the building that you have to find unity with and 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 figure out what he can do, regardless of personnel, to take your offense to the next level. So Shane Waldron is the guy, and obviously there's going to be some Seahawk influence because he's talking to some of his assistants 
in Seattle, maybe joining him in Chicago. Will there be anything else? I mean, Luke Getze brought Lucas Patrick and Equinemia St. Brown. I wonder, is there a player or players, and can he bring DK Metcalf with him? Is there anybody else out there who I'm being facetious Who's there? Who's his Lucas Patrick? Yes, who is that guy maybe on the offensive line, or who is that guy in the receiving core that might come and be you know, somebody who's a plug-and-place option here? eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Wasn't there a point where there was a lot of DK Metcalf in a Bears uniform photoshops mm-hmm. floating around? Wasn't mm-hmm. that wasn't there some some trade that was going to happen that uh, in the world of fantasy land that David, you and I always love talking about the, the fantasy land that people get caught in. I haven't looked real closely yet at the the Seattle Seahawks uh, free agent chart yet to see what might be available in March. The thing I'm most eager to hear from Shane Waldron and those who hired him is why they believe this is a obvious upgrade. I think obviously they were attracted to the three seasons of play calling experience. That's a, a plus that removes some of the guesswork of of who uh, this guy's going to be when he has the the, the headset and the, the opportunity to control the game in that regard. I think obviously his adaptability was there, but guys, you go down the list of the Seahawks stats from 2023 and the bears ranked ahead of them in total yards. The bears ranked ahead of them in touchdowns scored. The bears ranked ahead of them in first downs. The bears ranked ahead of them in third down conversion percentage. The bears ranked ahead of them in rushing. The bears ranked ahead of them in red zone efficiency. And so all of a sudden you stop and you go, okay, well, this wasn't some like fireworks show that was going on in Seattle this year. And so I need a, a little more clarity from the people in charge on, on why they believe uh, that Shane Waldron has uh, this offense on the up escalator. So you are Shane Waldron, and you just got this job. Do you call the quarterback? Do you call Justin Fields and introduce yourself and have a chat with him about what he likes to do, you know, whatever? I saw a photo of him. He was at Hallis Hall. So maybe he's around. I don't know that Shane Waldron is here, um, but I I think that that the quarterback is. Do you immediately – start looking into some of the guys in the draft or start contacting people about that. How do you start plotting for a season, even in the off season while you're moving, whatever you're daydreaming about your new job? How do you do that without knowing who's under center? And do you have to have an idea once they hire you, do they then bring you in and tell you, okay, the, this is, uh, this is about the science fiction of, uh, of who's brought it to us, all that, you know, do you reach some moment where all of a sudden you get the information and you wonder, why am I a Scientologist? 
Well, so, listen, like first and foremost, as a professional, you, you at least reach out to Justin Fields and you introduce yourself because that is kind of part of the process of um, becoming a leader of this team, not knowing what the future may hold uh, for that quarterback or the quarterback position. Now, things are going to get hot and heavy really quick with the draft evaluation process and the volume of homework that the Bears have to do. Uh, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, and particularly at every position on the offensive side of the ball, something that Shane Waldron has to be involved in. He has to have input in. He has to know what Ryan Poles and his staff are thinking and what they've already thought so that he can steer his homework in the right direction and not waste a lot of time and energy. You look at the quarterbacks, and we're going to spend three months talking about the quarterback class. You could spend the next three months every single day diving only in on the quarterbacks and not run out of things to do. And yet you have to be aware that you also own another pick at number nine, a pick that you could trade down out of because there's some depth in this draft that may allow that luxury when you get there. And so now you're looking at this receiver class. You're looking at this offensive tackle class, which guys, that, that's that's where some of this depth is in the first round where, mm. where if you wanted to take Caleb Williams one and you still wanted to stockpile draft capital, don't rule out the possibility that you hope that some of these other quarterbacks get hot. The Bo Nixes, the Michael Penixes, the J.J. McCarthy, and somebody wants to come and get them at the end of the top 10. And now you can trade back into the teens, stockpile some capital, take a you know day one starting offensive tackle for yourself, and then you know build from there or take a, a, a tight end if Brock Bowers is still around. It, like There's a lot of cool combinations of picks that you can put together in this draft. And Shane Waldron's got to be a part of that. He's got to know what the general manager is thinking. Uh, and when he gets his staff on board, they've got to – be targeted with the way that they go about their assignments. A lot of focus on the division, Dan, because obviously the Lions are playing the biggest game in franchise history in the conference championship Sunday, and the Packers just got beat. When you look at them, the Packers, that is, firing Joe Barry as defensive coordinator, what do you think is next for them, and could Ron Rivera be on their radar? Yeah, poor Joe Barry couldn't get 16 games against the Bears scheduled, right? Because he seemed to have a real good time <laughs> defending the Bears and struggled with uh, with some of the other high-powered offenses in the league, which is uh, something else. Um, so we'll see which direction they go. I think the two questions you have about the Packers and Lions is what is the sustainability? Now, talking to people in Detroit, there's a lot of optimism that, that what they have in place right now is really, really sturdy. I've spent three years waiting for them to pivot off of Jared Goff and find their uh, next forever quarterback. And yet Jared Goff has made it work. And Ben Johnson has made it work with Jared Goff. Well, now the likelihood is Ben Johnson's out the door within a wet matter of weeks now, and you've got to figure out how to backfill that role and create that um, continuity of momentum that they have. But certainly I think we do a lot of talking about uh, the high powered offense in Detroit. We obviously give Dan Campbell a lot of credit, but Brad Holmes in that general manager's chair has done a remarkable job of right. succeeding in the draft. You know, you've got Panay Sewell, you've got Jameer Gibbs, you've got some uh, uh, Derek Barnes, who is, a, a, I think, a day three guy that, that comes in and becomes a, a big-time contributor for you. So th that's uh, it's really interesting to try to, to, to measure the sustainability for those two programs because, obviously, they enjoyed some eye-catching success here this postseason. When, when we look at this offseason, I mean, from your standpoint, Obviously, we're, we're talking about quarterbacks, and having a, a quarterback um, seems to be a priority, whether that's trading down and getting someone to play behind fields for a year, whether that's taking advantage of the first overall selection and taking a, a player. Many believe – well, he, whether you believe that he's generational in his talent, a lot of people have been waiting to draft the guy. 
Like a lot, right, yes, there's yes. been a lot of people waiting to get an opportunity for him. So whatever they decide to do, um, do you have a list of things they've got to get done? I mean, they, you know, obviously they got to get a center. These are minor type of things that can be major on a team. You got to get a center. You got to get an upgrade on your offensive line. You got to get another receiver. You got to get a, uh, you got to get a punter. And I know no one cares about that. <laughs> But And you could do that, although I don't think they have any picks late, so maybe pick up one. Whatever. Is there any I, priority position for you that isn't as obvious uh, that everyone else is talking about? I wouldn't say that nobody cares about the punter because there's a very prominent morning show host in Chicago who really is into uh, trying to upgrade at the punter. You may know him really well, Molly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but beyond that, I, th- I think your checklist is right. Like, I think the upgrades on the offensive line, it's a real thing that they need to go about. I think there's probably a sense that um, you want to solidify your running back position a little bit more. I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Khalil Herbert stays maybe numbered there, and you really want to know what you have in Roshan Johnson and try to fill some things on around him. I could spend a month and a half diving into this receiver class of the draft because it's yeah. fascinating. You talk to to people and you get a wide range of opinions. It, it's, you know, the consensus is that Marvin Harrison Jr. is is the safest bet, but there are people that say you put on the tape and Malik Neighbors is a, a much more electric, more dynamic playmaker. Now you've got to get comfortable with a lot of other things. The other receiver uh, at, at LSU, Thomas, is a guy that people think is is really good. Adunze is, is some people's favorite prospect in the class. And so um, it's, it's, it's amazing what, what you're going to have to do, like I say, to do this homework to get there. But I think you're, you're right to focus your checklist on the offensive side of the ball first and understand the upgrades that are needed there. Uh, I think you probably want to try to find that that next level three tech if you can uh, at some point in the first two days of the draft if you can or maybe there's something available in free agency. There, there is a long checklist here. Um, again, like I, I'll, I'll tell you this also with the quarterback like we can cross off the generational word and just throw that out the window because people get hung up on it. Yeah. The talent evaluators don't get hung up on the skill set that Caleb Williams brings to the table. When you talk to people, their their jaws drop and they gush over the arm talent. And that's not just arm strength. It's the ability to make touch throws. It's the ability to make off-platform throws. It's the ability to be on the move, improvising, have your eyes downfield, and then put a ball right on the numbers, which is something we see the greats in this league do. And so the potential uh, that Caleb Williams brings to the table the floor and the ceiling for Caleb Williams is well above the floor and the ceiling for Justin Fields. And that's why people who aren't looking at this through an emotional lens say this is an easy decision for Ryan Poles. Take emotion out of the cards and just look at the skill sets and the talent and where the quarterbacks are at this stage of their development. And it's Caleb Williams all the way. Now, obviously, we've talked previously about uh, the DNA and wiring homework that they have to do. But uh, that that's certainly something worth noting as we go through the next 90 plus days. Thanks, Dan. Thanks so much. Sorry Dan. about the Illini. Oh, tough one. All right, guys, have a good one.